1 Corinthians 15, Paul says to them, I make known to you, brethren, the gospel. And tonight we come to the end of our study on the primary passage of the Christian gospel, 1 Corinthians 15. You may remember before we began, we had two messages that were preliminary. They were general because what they did was try to help us locate the gospel in the scope of Christianity. Because in a broad sense, the gospel is the good news. Not specifically Christian, it can be any good news. Okay? But within the scope of Christianity, the gospel is the good news about Jesus Christ. And the first four books of our New Testament present him as front and center. And as we look at 1 Corinthians 15, we find that those gospels were focused on his death, resurrection, his burial, his appearances. That was the focus of the gospels with an extended introduction to those key events. And we know that those events were primary because of what the rest of the scripture says about them and how the rest of the scripture highlights those key events. And we found that in 1 Corinthians 15. So this is the primary passage on the gospel. And we find four things, four overarching things in 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 5. We find the content of the gospel, the use of the gospel, its effect, and its value. And with these, I want to wrap up our study in this chapter. And in future weeks, we'll consider other passages on the gospel. So first and foremost, the content of the gospel is the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. The death and resurrection are primary. They're the focal events. They're the events that when people summarize, like Paul and Peter summarize the gospel in the book of Acts, they'll talk about Jesus' death and his resurrection. They're primary. They're highlighted even in 1 Corinthians 15 in that they're expanded upon. Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures. He was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. Those are the parts that get the extra emphasis, even in the description. And when we look at the other historical events, the burial and the appearances, those are there not as primary, but as evidentiary. Those events are witnesses to the other events. Burial is a witness to his death. Appearance is a witness to his life, his resurrection from the dead. Okay? But the gospel is concerned with the historic events of Jesus Christ, his death and his resurrection. That is primary. That's our focus. Now, that's the content we learned in the end of verse 3 through 4 and 5, and then it goes on. And all the way to the end, even, of verse 9. But what we learned in the first couple of verses were the use of the gospel in its communication from person to person. On the one hand, a person passes the gospel along. And we generally sit, talk about that in terms of witness. In 1 Corinthians 15, Paul was the one who was the witness. He was the one who made known to the Corinthians the gospel when they previously hadn't known it. He reminded them. He made it known to them. He revealed it to them. And he did so, as was recorded for us in Acts chapter 18. On the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue and he preached to them. He proclaimed it to them. That's how he made it known to them. 
And that gospel that was proclaimed by him was delivered to him. That's what he says in verse 3. I delivered to you what I also received. That is to say the gospel was not sourced in Paul. He too received it. But he passed it along. He was the witness. So brothers and sisters in the Lord, we can rejoice in this fact that God has made the gospel known to us. He makes it known through various means, through various witnesses. And he has made it known to us, perhaps through our parents, through our pastors, or Sunday school teacher, or even absolute strangers. But they were the conduit that God used so that we knew about Christ's work. And that is God's grace to us, that someone witnessed to us. Yet we pray that we would be a witness to others and we'd be faithful in sharing the gospel with others. That's how the gospel is used, in witnessing, in evangelizing. Now, on the other hand, a person receives the gospel for himself. That's a testimony. Those who heard the gospel must receive it for themselves. That's where Paul said in verse 1, uh, the gospel I preached to you, which you received. Okay, Many in Corinth didn't receive the gospel, but there were some who did. They believed what they heard, and they chose to stand upon it, the end of verse 1. It was their hope, and it took root in their hearts, like the seed took root in the good soil, so that many years later when Paul wrote this epistle, they still held fast to it. It was still theirs. So brothers and sisters in the Lord, by God's grace, we have a testimony of receiving the gospel for ourselves. There was the day we heard it. Subsequent to our hearing it, we received it for ourselves. That is to say, we believed what we heard. We cast all our hope on it. And to this day, we're still believers in the gospel. And all of that is the grace of God. That's our testimony of receiving the gospel. The gospel is used in evangelizing or witnessing others and then it's used personally and receiving it for ourselves. Say, well, what is the effect? We've talked about its content, its use. Let's talk about its effect. The effect of the gospel is salvation. You see that in verse 3. By which the gospel, you are being saved. You see, through the gospel, God saves sinners. Sinners die for their sin, and they'll be judged by a just God for failing to glorify him, yet it's through the gospel that we escape death and condemnation. So we have to rejoice in this, that God of his own choosing decided to make a means of escape for people like us who were his enemies, and that God would do that for someone who's his enemy, that's a goodness that far surpasses all of our best efforts. What we find is that we are recipients of this, of God's goodness towards us. And we're recipients in particular because of how we heard and received the proclamation of the gospel. Because sinners have to believe the gospel in order to be saved. It says that in verse 11, we preached and so you believed. You heard it, and they received it. They believed it. And the reception of the gospel pleases God. 1 Corinthians one twenty one. God was pleased that through the foolishness of what we preached to save those who believe. So we are just like the folks in Corinth. Many folks weren't receptive, but some were. And so there are many in our community who aren't receptive to the gospel yet. 
but we have been. Against the urge that we have to downplay our sin, we have pled for God's mercy like the publican. We believe that God will be merciful to us when we call upon him, and he will be merciful to us. And it is God's grace that has been worked out in our life, and we have been saved from our sin, saved from God's wrath, saved from death. Now, how important is the gospel? We find it in verse 3. The value of the gospel is supreme. I delivered to you as of first importance the gospel that I also received. So the gospel is valuable because of its saving effect. You see, believing in the existence of God won't do Satan or the demons any good on Judgment Day. Or a theistic sinner. It won't do them any good to believe there's a God. Paul actually goes as far as to say that everyone believes that. They suppress what they know to be true in that regard. Or we think about performing good deeds. Well, that's a good thing. It's better than committing crimes. But even all the good deeds that someone does, in some way they fail to glorify God. Because there's only one way to escape, and that's through Christ. That's set forth in the gospel. So the gospel is valuable because it's the only means of salvation. So it's a, it's a great value, supreme value. And it's valuable because of what is done for its sake. And we went through this, I think it was last time, but Paul was sent to preach the gospel. Not to baptize, but to preach the gospel. And he did so even when opposed and when persecuted. He went to jail for it. He was stoned for it. And you find out how valuable something is by what someone will do for it. And Paul preached even when he was opposed and persecuted. And he made hard choices for the gospel. He forsook his rights and he sacrificed his freedoms. And um, we live in a day where people really grasp for their freedoms and really hold on to all they can. But he did anything he could for the sake of the gospel. And all those details come up in the book of 1 Corinthians. What that shows us is the gospel of supreme importance. 1 Corinthians 15 is the primary passage on the gospel. It tells us the key things we need to know, whether it's in relation to what it is, the death and resurrection of Christ, or how we use it. We witness with the gospel. We have a testimony because of the gospel, because we've received what is true of the gospel message. We realize that it's through the gospel that we're saved, so it's of supreme value. And that's what we find in this primary passage on the gospel. And uh, by God's grace, we've, we've come to know the gospel a lot better. And one of my great hopes has been that we'll appreciate Perhaps what we have all enjoyed for many, many years and decades. But God has been so good to us um, as we've reviewed this and seen all the things that have happened in relation to the gospel. And my hope is that we'll rejoice in those things. Let's pray. Father, as we consider it, your word in this passage in the gospel, we pray that our hearts would... um, rests more and more in what Christ has done for us. We pray that our hearts would be encouraged, um, that you still have seen fit to grant us faith to believe it, 
even through all these years, all the things we've experienced, all the things we've done in failing you, uh, we still hold true to it. And uh, we are so thankful for that. Father, we pray that you will help us as we seek to do as Paul did in making the gospel known to other people, praying that you will cause other people to receive it and be saved by it. And Father, we pray that would that would be our our regular understanding of what it is to be a follower of Jesus Christ. We pray for that in Jesus' name. Amen.